Welcome everyone to the Sugarcane Podcast. I'm Rudy. Hey, I'm Sheldon, the founder CEO of Sugarcane. And we're here for another awesome week of Tasty Tidbits. So The tastiest. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about wallets and exchanges, things that we use every day. Well, maybe not every day, but enough to feel like every day because every day in crypto feels like a year, but... We're going to go into the deep dives of like and how to use <laughs> <laughs> And it, exactly, it's such a freaking long, it's, it ages you quickly. I love that meme where that guy is like white hair on his computer, just like, um, oh, I'm, I'm only 25 years old and I love crypto. It's just like hilarious. <laughs> it was like the baggy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> totally shot, but it's still fun and we were loving it and that's why yeah. we're here. And... For anyone who's you know new to the industry or new to crypto or kind of has only bought in exchanges but never moved to a different type of wallet, this will be a great episode for you because we will go into kind of you know what a wallet really is. So, Charlotte, let me know like what is a wallet in terms of crypto and also how the wallet works on an exchange. So you know, wallet is like that leather piece of thing you put in your back pocket uh-huh. that you put your money into. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> yeah, nah. um, no, so, so while it's specifically in crypto is the idea that since the crypto space is it's fully self-custodial, you own your own assets, like all the, the money and tokens that you have are stored with you locally. Um, a wallet is kind of the place where that's stored. And the kind of way that works is that you have private keys, which is a set of like hash, like really just like a hexadecimal number um, that's stored on your computer or your phone. And then uh, that's able to generate a new wallet for you in your browser. So if you're familiar with MetaMask, that's a really common uh, wallet people use. Coinbase also has their own wallet. And it's just a place for you to store your wallets. So store your assets. That's kind of the idea yeah. of, a, of a wallet. For an exchange on Coinbase, if I have a, you know, you make an account, you have a wallet. That's kind of what they do. They give you one, they generate one for yeah. you. And you own access to it to a certain extent. Yep. And when I have a MetaMask, that's also a different wallet. And if I have a hardware wallet, like a Ledger or Trezor or many other ones that are coming out now, that's also a wallet. But I hear there is a, a term thrown around hot, cold. And what do those mean? Yeah. A hot wallet is something that's typically connected to the internet. So like if you're thinking about your computer and you have in your browser, there's the MetaMask, the little fox icon that you have there. That's what's deemed a hot wallet just because you're on a device that's always connected to the internet. And it's typically hot because like it has an implication that's more unsafe. That's because if you were to download a piece piece of malicious hardware or malicious software, they can get access to the actual keys on your device just because it's on the internet and they can send it back to themselves. Um, That's typically kind of the the implication of what it means by hot. Um, On the other end of things, there's something called a cold wallet, which is something that's typically not connected to the actual internet. And they're usually like a small physical device. Some are like in the shape of a USB. So like Ledger typically has a small USB style um, device that you can plug into your computer and then sign things on the actual physical device. Um, and that's kind of a distinction where those are now not connected to the internet. They actually are physical hardware that actually the private keys live on the physical device in a special chip and they sign keys on the physical device. And that's typically how, how, that, how that works from a hot versus cold distinction. It's what's the point of even having a like a hardware wallet? I mean, yeah, it's great. That's I guess more secure, but what's the risk of having it on an exchange or or even any exchange like that? 
Yeah, so it's kind of like we talked just now about like hard versus cold wallets. Uh, it's hot mm-hmm. versus cold wallets. Um, and typically, even with an exchange itself, you technically actually don't have a wallet on an exchange. Like if you're signing up for Coinbase or Kraken or Binance, any of the exchanges out there, you actually don't have a crypto wallet. It's kind of like the company, the organization, Binance, Coinbase, Kraken, they actually have a big account for themselves. They have assets on chain for you. And you have almost like a bank account. You have some type of like ownership of that. You have some like rights over the assets there. But at the end of the day, the organization, the company, they hold and control the assets. And mm-hmm. typically they're not supposed to actually like touch them or move them. But there's been a lot of like, um, especially with like last year with FTX, there's a lot of like, uh, like people found out that like Sam Beckman Freed, who's like moving around assets of customers without them actually knowing. And that's the concern there. Where like, if you now have your assets sitting on exchange, there's a possibility that the company itself can move the assets without you knowing about it. Um, that's why people are trying to shift the kind of conversation to now move everyone towards having their own custody, self-custody accounts. That makes sense because in terms of blockchain, like we've talked about yeah. before, your keys are what allows you to move your crypto. So then what you're saying yeah. is those exchanges like Coinbase, Kraken, and Binance, like they own our crypto because they own the keys to our wallets. They are the ones who can actually yeah. move our crypto. And in a hardware wallet or even a MetaMask hot wallet type, we own the keys, only we can move our crypto. And that's where the pro- popular phrase comes in, not your keys, not your crypto, right? Not your keys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. There used, used to be a guy back in like, it was like 2017 to 2018. He's a big Bitcoiner. Bitcoin, but he actually got actually me into the space. Um, his name is Andreas Antonopoulos. So a lot of the OGs oh, yeah. know about him just because he was huge at the time. He had a lot of like presentations and pitches that he gave about crypto. Um, talking about not your keys, not not your crypto. So I think that's where a lot of people got it from. And that's also a real thing. Like if you don't actually own your keys, you actually, they're not your, it's not your crypto. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that simple. And even today, I mean, people yeah. think they own their money in their Bank of America or whatever traditional finance bank, but it's still owned by the company, by the big bank. It's not owned mm-hmm. by you until you withdraw it into cash. And I actually just saw in the news recently how Australia is going into digital only, preventing their oh, users. Yeah, from, yeah it is nuts. <laughs> preventing their citizens from withdrawing more than like $500 in cash. So yeah. they're forced into digital economy, which I mean, we know we're going towards that route, but it's kind of scary where you're not allowed to withdraw a certain amount of cash. And again, that's very common in a lot of countries where they limit the cash you're allowed to withdraw because they're afraid of economic turmoil or just people using cash for other reasons, but it's your money, right? Like you should be able to use it how you want to, uh, but you're not allowed to yeah. because the government said so. So it's just weird. And if you want to go digital, I would say go crypto. hundred percent. Like also on the kind of the country point, I think it was like last year, Canada of all places, um, there's a big thing with the the truckers and oh, yeah. the basically the Canadian government just stopped people from poor truckers from getting access to their money. And so they essentially just debanked them just for having a political stance. It's a crazy movement. Like definitely at the end, they kind of returned on that and they, they basically gave them their money back. But like from the fact that like a company or a country can just say, you no longer have access to the financial system. You now are stuck. You can't even like pay for bills, pay for groceries. Like you're just kind of stuck in a sense. 
that's totally it's totally just yeah removing your identity like your your identity of self-sovereignty you cannot be in possession of your own possessions which is weird to think about yeah and that's like something to think about is the security considerations of wallets and exchanges so we went over how exchanges have you know technical total control over your crypto and hardware wallets or have you have your own control over your own hardware wallets no one else can access or create transactions for you and then to put into recent yep. light that what ledger has announced about social recovery for their yeah ledger wallets can you go a little bit more into what social recovery means and the pros and cons of it yeah, so I guess the, the big um, reason for it is that like right now I have MetaMask on my computer and I have a seed phrase, which is basically what creates the private keys. Um, again, stored with me and I write it down or whatever. Uh, but the problem is that like if let's say my house burns down or like if somebody like kind of breaks my computer or whatever, now I have lost access to the actual wallet. And for that reason, now I kind of like have lost access to my money, right? So even even though I'm in control of it now, there's a bit of responsibility there. Uh, the problem is that, like, if again, if you lose the keys or something happens to your computer and you don't have the, the access to the MetaMask, um, you now have lost your funds. So the idea behind social recovery is that now you have a circle of friends. Let's say you, Rudy, are my friend. I hope you're my friend. Best <laughs> you basically now can like almost like give yeah, best friends forever. <laughs> you can give like shards of your wallet in a sense to other people that you know. They can't by themselves get access to your funds, but they can act as like a um, if you collect the shards or the pieces that they have of the access to the account, you can then put a couple of pieces together from a series of your friends, put it together, and now access to your wallet again. So the idea is that, again, you have this network of people you trust, that they essentially won't come together and try to access your account without you being there. Um, but you, you in a sense, can, can still collect the pieces if something were to happen to your computer or you lost the, the private keys that you had written down. Yeah, that makes sense because in other instances too, you can actually hire a company that will act as yeah. your co-signer for your funds. And if you ever do lose your yeah. seed phrase and you need access to your wallet, you can give them a traditional sense of, you know, KYC, give them your ID, your address, proof of address, and then they would allow you to access your funds again, which is good and bad. I mean, you don't want anyone to spoof your identity and just pretend yeah. they are you and take your crypto away from you. Um, but it's also good because, you know, losing your seed phrase is a serious risk. It's not that hard to lose mm-hmm. a piece of paper. And if you don't take the proper yeah. steps to save it properly into a safe or like maybe even in a bank safe, <laughs> uh, wherever you dig it up I don't know, behind your house, I don't know, so many creative ways people have come up with recently. <laughs> That's some type of way to uh, just keep your keep your seed phrase safe, but also the risk of losing it is real, and everyone should take that into consideration. Yeah, it's also done in efforts like make it bring it mainstream, right? Because like mm-hmm. it'd be hard if you were to convince someone who's not in crypto that like hold this piece of paper for the rest of your life and never lose it because or else you lose your money. Um, that's a huge responsibility that people just wouldn't want to take on. So like if you now have an a way to like have whether it's like a f- couple of friends or an entity that you trust that you can verify yourself with an ID and like a passport or something that can at least recover your account for you. They can access the account, but they can recover it for you. Uh, it gives you a sense of safety. 
So, yeah. Yeah. It's just the, the world of wallets is pretty intense because now, especially when I go yeah. into uh, any like you know, crypto website that's offering to connect to a wallet, there's dozens of wallet options now. And it's kind of becoming overwhelming. Like, I can't name them all. I don't want to try. Uh, it's just like, <laughs> in your sense, like how do you ch choose the wallet that you prefer? Like, is there any methodology that you follow to try out and use a wallet? So to be quite frank, um, I got into the space and started using MetaMask. And even though the experience is really bad, I still stick with it just because like I know it and it's been around and it's trustworthy. <laughs> and then when uh, Sugarcane comes out with the new wallet or new account, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm switching over for. majority to that. So it's funny because yeah, I'm like building technology that I actually want for myself. And now I'm just gonna actually use that when I, when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to make everything much easier for all of us, especially on DeFi world and all of crypto. So it takes a lot of different aspects of, making it easy to use, making it safe, and you still having your sense of ownership without sure. having to worry about locking your keys somewhere safe. Um, it's just yeah. solving a lot of problems. And I, that's like the fun part about crypto too, is just the innovative ways of making things easier. Because back in the day, your wallet was also your, like your Bitcoin blockchain account. So you'd have to download the entire blockchain on this program, on your computer, that also double up as your yeah. wallet. That's what you would use. Same for Ethereum. That was the standard. You'd have to download a client on your laptop. No one downloads yeah. clients anymore. No one downloads blockchains anymore. It's all saved for node operators. Now it's just how easy and quick can I get a wallet up and running? Yeah, it's funny. There's that meme where it's like um, the grandmother and the, the mom is like, okay, yeah, we'll take you back home to take you back inside, yeah. grandma. It's kind of like, we're going to be like, yeah, back in the day, we used to download clients. It's like, okay, Rudy, we'll take you back inside now. <laughs> no one appreciates the advancements we've come through. It's gone so far. It's just funny. When I see people yeah. saying like, oh, I got into crypto since 2017. I'm like, 2017 is a good year to get in. It's a really easy to understand what's yeah. going on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Things have changed now. <laughs> Things have changed a lot. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just a wild ride. And I think for everyone, you know, always do your research on what wallets you choose. Again, sure. you can keep small funds and exchanges. Do not keep your life savings in there, maybe. That's some small word of advice. Yeah. Keep it on some type of hardware wallet. And don't actively use the hardware wallet, kind of keep that locked away. Keep small funds to use yeah. on the side, kind of just like your normal wallet in your back pocket that we talked about. You keep some mm -hmm. cash in there. You don't keep your life savings worth of cash in there. Same idea. Yeah. And if you have trusted friends or family that you want to help back up their information or back up your own social recovery. But as always, we are here to inform you if you want have any questions, meet us on our Discord. Yeah. And yeah. Sure. Ready for next week's episode. Yeah. With the tastiest tidbits. <laughs> <laughs> As always, see you, everyone. See you. See you.